Welcome to the Become New Podcast with John Ortberg, where you'll find 10-minute teachings Monday through Friday to help you grow spiritually one day at a time. For more resources, check out our website, becomenew.com. There you can sign up for the emails that go along with each video, as well as access our entire library of over 400 videos covering a variety of topics about spiritual life and growth. If you need prayer, please let us know by texting your request to 855-888-0444. We'd love to pray for you. Now, here's John. The deep invitation today for you and me is to have second thoughts about our need for forgiveness about not just what wrong things have happened to me, but what has gone wrong in me. About the nature of sin and how healing happens. Dallas Willard writes, in the, spirit of, in the Spirit of the Disciplines, and talks about it in a number of different places, a bumper sticker that he did not like at all that says, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. And it was that little word, just, that was troubling because it implies that the only difference that being a Christian makes is that you have been declared innocent and you will escape some punishment. And Dallas used to say, there's a very big gap between being perfect and uh, just forgiven where there has been no growth, no change, no shift. And he mentions in a little footnote in that book, The Spirit of the Disciplines, that if you rightly understand the concept forgiveness, it actually helps you to understand that it's about much more than just the escaping of punishment and includes the promise of the availability of the kingdom and the transformation of the soul. And he recommends a book by a Puritan writer in the 1600s, John Owen, on the forgiveness of sin. So I got that book and uh, we'll share a few sentences from it towards the end of our time today and then offer you a moment to spend some time confessing and asking God for actual forgiveness. Dallas and Owen both talk about how we superficially think of forgiveness or superficially desire just as I don't want to be punished. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be in pain. Classic example of this is to use legal metaphors. One time I was driving to a friend's ordination and I was late, so I was going fast and I got stopped by a police car. I tried to get out of my car. They don't like that. He told me to stay in the car, so I did. The officer came over. I was in a hurry, so I said, officer, look, I'm guilty. I know I'm guilty. You know I'm guilty. I don't have much time for this, so let's just get on with it. I'm guilty. Let's just, you know, cut to the chase. And he said to me, well, that's really interesting. I haven't even told you why I stopped you yet. I haven't explained the reason for... uh, by pausing you, and all you could say is, I'm guilty, I'm guilty, I'm guilty. It makes me kind of curious. What exactly is it you're guilty of? And I'm thinking, you know, 100,000 police in California, and I get Colombo. So I said, officer, I'm on my way to ordination service. I'm a pastor. So when I was saying that I was guilty, I was speaking theologically. You know, I'm guilty, you're guilty. We're all guilty when it comes right down to it. Don't you think? And, and very often when we think about guilt or the promise of forgiveness, we think about it in a kind of a legal framework. And that's one dimension to it. There is a real important sense in which if I need to be forgiven, uh, injustice has been done and I am not innocent. I stand guilty. Um, however, the problem with 
only using that legal metaphor is then it's like, if I go to court, I just want to be declared innocent on whatever basis. And it's just about getting out of punishment or pain, not about the transformation of myself. And of course, what is needed most deeply is the transformation of myself. And if what I really want is forgiveness, if I have hurt somebody that I loved, then uh, to seek forgiveness means I recognize there's uh, something wrong, not just that I have done, but I become the kind of person that can do that. I become the kind of person that can lie, that can speak cruel words. And so to desire forgiveness is to agree with that and to say, I want to become a different kind of person who doesn't do those sorts of things, and I will be willing to do whatever is needed to move towards becoming that kind of person. It's far different than just saying, get me out of having to pay a ticket. Philip Reif uh, had a fascinating sentence in his book, The Triumph of the Therapeutic, where he said, religious man was born to be saved. Psychological man was born to be pleased. And we live in a day where that notion of uh, uh, standing guilty before God or for others is harder and harder and harder for us to absorb. And there's a great cost to that. I was thinking of two fictional narratives as kind of illustrating this. A movie that I love, Good Will Hunting, if you've ever seen it. The climactic moment is when the character played by Will Damon realizes he's been blaming himself for something that's not his fault. And his therapist, played by Robin Williams, says, it's not your fault, it's not your fault, it's not your fault. Very, very powerful scene. And that realization, oh, I've been blaming myself for something that's not my fault. Now I can be liberated and freed and saved. And that's an important experience in life that happens sometimes. Contrast that with Dostoevsky's book, Crime and Punishment, where the central character, Raskolnikov, is guilty of having murdered this kind of haggish old pawnbroker woman. And at the climax of the book, what Dostoevsky says about him is, if only he could have blamed himself, if only he could have dared to be guilty, because he found a thousand reasons to rationalize and justify what he had done. And Dostoevsky says he could have been healed if he would have just dared to own his guilt. It was my fault. And eventually he does in a very powerful scene. Now, both circumstances are true. There are times when falsely I might blame myself for something that's not my fault. But then there are times when I seek to evade my own guilt and my own fault. And the testimony of the writers of Scripture and wise people down through the ages is the deepest problem in the human condition is not that I blame myself for what's not my fault, because then I really didn't do it. The deepest problem is when I have done something wrong, because then I become the wrong kind of person. That's not just wrong that happens to me. That's wrong that I become. That's something wrong um, that is internal to me in my need for healing, forgiveness, not just escape from punishment, but reconciliation with God and transformation so that I can become the right person. We need to be saved in precisely that way. And that's what John Owen talks about. He says there's a general sense of sin when I'm just aware that people do things wrong, but then there's a particular awareness of sin that is applied to my situation and my feelings and my thoughts and acts. And he illustrates this with David after he'd committed adultery with Bathsheba, 
before Nathan came to him, David was aware there was such a thing of sin. He wrote Psalms about that. He knew that he was a sinner. But he didn't apply that to his situation. When Nathan came and told him that parable and said, David, thou art the man, then all of a sudden, that particular awareness with the feelings and the thought, the, the stepping out of denial, the realization, I'm guilty. And, and we're invited into that, and actually that's an indispensable part of the process of transformation. When it's accurate, it was my fault, and we don't want to do that. Tons of research around that, uh, uh, the self-serving bias, fundamental attribution error, um, memory bias, shows that our minds are subtly at work constantly to keep us from seeing the reality of our own wrongness and wrongness. And so I don't want to look at it, and so I don't, or I find ways to excuse it. And here's what John Owens writes. There is nothing more evident than that the lack, want of a thorough engagement in the performance of these duties, self-examination, making amends, confession, is the great cause why so few come clear from their entanglements all of their days. Men heal their wounds slightly. That's the phrase. Men and women heal their wounds slightly. And therefore, after a new painful festering, they are brought into the same condition of restlessness and trouble which they were in before. So today, time for second thoughts about the real nature of forgiveness and about the need to look at that which is genuinely my fault. Because I get tired of having my wounds healed slightly. I realize... I'm talking with someone that I say I love, but my primary motive right now is just to guard my time and not to have to give it, or uh, to guard my money when I think about taking action that's going to cost me something, or to look at a group of people and realizing that really I'm just scanning them for approval. I'm not listening to understand or speaking with courageous authenticity. So now, you join me in this prayer. God, would you reveal the truth about myself to me? Would you help me in trust and grace have my eyes opened to become aware of the way that I look and listen and speak and behave that hurts others and wounds your heart and creates duplicity within myself? Help me take the time to be willing to see. Show it to me today. Give me the courage and humility to go to other people and say, I am sorry, I lied, I kept something from you. I withheld my time or my money from you. God, heal my wounds deeply. Second thoughts about the power of being truly, not just 